0: Good morning everybody. Happy Friday. Welcome to pre-market prep. Spencer Israel, Joel and Dennis Dick with you this morning. We're going to talk about Tesla. We're going to talk about Mudra Capital slash Tops. We're going to talk about Footwalker. We're going to talk about John Deere. Um, For those of you who are stressing about uh, this Tesla humanoid robot, don't worry. I have a strategy. I know how to defeat it in battle should that ever come up I've been thinking about this all night uh, our guest today Tommy Lackey a longtime friend of the show will be on with us he's from Relative Capital partners he'll be on at 8 and 35 I'll have Peter Tuckman the Einstein of Wall Street on at nine so a lot to get you on our show do me a solid and smash that like button please and thank you and now I will bring it to Joel
2: question is are we gonna for the last several weeks we've ended the week on the high or the low well mostly the high. Are we going to end up on the high for the week? I don't think so. We have to have a 90-point rally or we can end on the low. Sure doesn't feel like it. That's 40 handles away if you use that uh that pre-market low from yesterday. Crude headed towards $60 a barrel. That's down 89 cents, 62.81, trying to hold the low from Thursday session. Gold stuck just under 1800, up for dollars Silver in the red by a nickel, twenty three eighteen. Bitcoin just hanging out under forty seven k, up a couple hundred bucks, and Ethereum good support at three thousand in the futures. That's up sixty four dollars and twenty five cents. So here we are a Friday, another Friday in August. Triple D, how you doing?
3: Doing good. I've Good. got this question multiple times, so just before we go away from tomorrow's uh, pre-market prep extravaganza, this will be taped for the paid subscribers. Correct? Yes, sir. And they they can get a copy of it.
2: They will. They will be. They will have access to it if you are a paid subscriber. To okay. the, if you so pay people for are asking you, a lot of people
3: yeah. are busy Saturday morning yes. in the summer. So if you do sign up, you will get a copy. You can get a copy of the entire three and three hour plus presentation it's scheduled for three hours, but we know we're we'll probably go a little bit over uh, time with the Q and A, so you know we got forty five already... minutes of Q and A scheduled. I'd imagine that's going to go over time. So here's
2: my agenda that we're going to go over at ten, and I went over it with Mitch and Rob yesterday, and I already know where we're going to have to make adjustments.
3: So, Uh-oh. Uh-oh. yeah,
2: I already are you cutting.
3: Have... Are you cutting my time?
2: Uh, we'll we'll <laughs> talk about it at ten. I don't want. I, to... I
0: have I have a question. Will Will the presentation be available as an NFT after Ooh. the fact?
3: Ooh, sell it as an NFT. I don't think so. That, yeah. We'll leave that up to Mitch. Maybe yeah. Mitch is our NFT. Speaking person. of
0: NFTs, yeah, yes. let's talk.
3: Let's take it to the markets.
0: Yeah. So I I, I confess I actually was a little bit ignorant this morning because uh, Joel and I were on the air yesterday when when the headline came out that that MLB and Tops were ending their relationship after 70 years, and I came in this morning and I saw Muds was down ag- again, and I thought, wow, you know, sometimes. You just, ne- I was, this is what I was going to say. Sometimes you just never know if the news is not priced in yet. Wow, they're still hitting it on the same headline. Boy, no, was I wrong. There was another headline. I didn't even know it.
3: What the, was the other headline?
0: The spec merger has been canceled. That was what? the other headline this morning. Mudra Capital and Tops are getting, well, not divorced. They're not, not getting divorced because they were never married, but they're, 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 um, uh, annulment uh, not the right word either they're they they're part of it they're, they canceled they canceled the wedding basically they canceled the wedding the wedding Boy. is off
3: oh yeah it's right there termination of the merger well you know what mudra capital says you you don't got the baseball cards <laughs> right. we're, 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 we're out right we're out. right i can't blame them smart move so i actually liked this stock at one time because i liked like the, the concept of the nfts um, I had sold it because it just got way overdone when it went up to eighteen nineteen. I actually rebought this in my long-term portfolio three days ago at ten dollars and nine cents. I think I ended up paying. I almost got the low of the day ten oh five because I simply thought one that it would bounce off the ten. Two, I still like the concept of the tops NFTs, tops baseball cards. I'm a cart, hockey card, baseball card fan. So, you know, I, I've got a little, obviously, you know, that liking for that. So I bought that. And the last two days were really good. I was like, oh, that was a great one. You know, a thing was up over 11. I was doing well in it. And um, that headline broke yesterday, uh, about 20 minutes before the close. And I turned around and, and quickly gone to my long-term account and sold it. I'm yeah. like, no way. I'm like, they lost Major League Baseball? That's no good. So I didn't get out at 11. I didn't get out. I was way too slow. I saw the headline. And then I was like trying to crisp quickly, because I'm trading stocks, trying to quickly get to my computer. And, you know, I got significantly lower than $11. But I'm like, you got to sell it. You just take your lumps. And Actually, I ended up making a little bit of mics, like I said, about a 10.07. I sold it higher than that. But um, you got to sell on the headline. I mean, losing Major League Baseball is huge. So obviously now mudger Capital looks out and says, we're not buying tops. Right. We're not merging with tops. They don't have the baseball cards. So they don't have Major League Baseball. So um, good move for them because now it becomes pre back again, and that will hold the support because I wouldn't be surprised if this was still going through with the merger, if this would have actually significantly taken out the 10 and start trading below it. But now that you're pre-merger, you get your 10 bucks back if they can't find a target, so it's unlikely to go way down. So uh, I think it's a good call by Mudrick. Get out. Lose MLB. I mean, they tossed with them for 70 years. 70 years, and they lost them. So who did they lose them to?
0: Fanatics, which is actually uh, a company that the MLB has a stake in.
3: That was quick scrambling around by Mudrick, but I think it's a good move. They might as well find yeah. a different target because you lose the MLB. That's not good for tops.
0: Well, Modric is probably doing what the rest of us are doing. They they looked around, they're like, tops, what 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 does tops do if not baseball cards? Oh, yeah, you know
3: baseball. And they want to do NFTs, obviously. You're not gonna cool. be able to do the baseball NFTs then?
0: Uh like, suppose supposedly, yes. But tops
3: still gonna be able to do that?
0: Supposedly. Um I but if
3: you lost the major league baseball contract, I don't know why they would allow you to do but, virtual cards.
0: But it's it's like it's like the thing we associate it with, right? It, it,
3: it's like, 100%. Right.
2: So how long has it been since I told my um my Mickey Mantle rookie card story and Hank Aaron when he was still with the uh, Milwaukee Braves? Okay, how man, long has it I've been? I've never heard uh, this story, I, so you better
3: tell it. It's probably been a while. Tell what? me about
2: Today, your Mickey Mantle story. Joel, today's, today's the day. Joel, today's the day? Today's the day. It's baseball good, card stories. Real quick, real quick, I'll real, give you the quick version. Good buddy in Monroe, growing up, his name was Paul Dunbar, and he had some older brothers, quite a bit older. And I was over at his house one day, and we're, you know, we're doing what kids do. And he gets in his brother's baseball cards, and he pulls out this like Mickey Mantle like rookie card and a Hank Aaron card when he was still with the what Braves. What year was this? I had to be less than ten years old,
0: it's like nineteen yeah. forty something.
2: Yes, yeah, so I would say. <laughs> M- seven... Mickey
3: Mantle literally was a rookie back then. So this <laughs> is like this is going like real time. Hey, I just <laughs> went to the you know the the corner store and I got the Mickey Mantle rookie card. This guy's a pretty good player. I think he's going to be
2: pretty good. Okay. Anyway. You guys are making this a long story. It's I try funny to though. You got to so give night. it
3: color. We're giving it
2: color. Taking okay. Joel back to the nineteen forties. Okay. So my buddy he goes, "Do you want the cards?" And I'm like, "Yeah." Okay, so go. I go. Won't your brother mind? Brian was his brother's name, and he said, nah, no, no, no. He won't. He won't mind." So he gave me the cards, and I had them, and I had them for years and years and years and years. It's great, and Bradley, isn't it? and and my sister's uh, my sister's friend was married to his brother, and word got back to him. This may be ten, fifteen years later that I had the cards. And Brian was just, he was living, he, you know. And uh, I told, i you know, he he called me up. I go, I'll give you back the cards. They're not my cards. They're your cards. You had them. So when he was in town, he came over to my house, and I gave him back the cards. What
3: him, What yep. year was this year you were giving back the cards? I probably
2: gave them back in 85 or 86. Oh, wow. So I kept them for like 13, 14 years. So you had the <laughs> Mickey Mantle rookie
0: card. What the they Good on you. Joel did the right thing. He I did, did the, the right
2: thing.
3: thing. <laughs> what's a Mickey Mantle? Mitch in the background. I have know. no what's, idea. What's I would a, have M- ran Mitchell away knows. with those cards. What's a cards. Mickey Mantle rookie card worth? Let's find out. Put it this
0: way. I'd be in the Bahamas right now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh, one just sold in January for $5.2 million.
3: <laughs> well, uh, those are going to be the, the the tens, though. Like the you know the, the mint, mint, mint. I'm yeah. assuming Joel's cards, if he was playing with them or, or looking at them, probably weren't. Top condition. I
2: don't think they were top condition, but yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah. So that's uh, regardless, so
3: that's Mickey Mantle rookie Kirby worth some money, Joel. A so. lot of money. I don't wasn't I one know. of your better trades.
2: You gotta do. You gotta do the right trade. You, you gotta, gotta do, do the right, right
3: thing. thing. You gotta do the right thing. They were your cards.
2: They
0: were well, so, so the right thing here with regards to Mudrick, M-U-D-S, right? If we if we can bring it back to that, is yeah. uh, now they're uh, on the open market again. They're looking yeah. for a lead.
3: Yeah. So now it goes Priest back. And these pre-spac, there's a bazillion of these stocks trading just under the ten, the, the ten par value. So it's right where it wants to be. I would imagine it's going to trade now between nine seventy-five and ten bucks until they find another target. And then if they like the target, they get the lift. If they don't like the target, they, you know, they sometimes get a dip. Um, I've still in a few pre-spacs, pre-pre uh, target, you know, not pre-merger, but actually pre-target. So we're back to pre-target. So I don't think you're going to get rocked here. You can talk about MUDS with it's toss, with a cancel the merger now, which was a good call because I don't know what
2: you got without MLB, man. Uh, pre-market low just got under 920, 915. Looks like we got a nice bounce there, uh, consolidating here. Ten bucks is the number. You guys are the spec man. I, I I don't have any. Opinion I'm definitely on this. not.
3: It's Mitch's. But let's let's take this over. Um, Let's take this over to the broad market because, you know, we look here and I want to have a conversation here. Joel, I I threw this at you in the pre-market. I threw it at my Twitter followers last night. But we look at the S&P trading roughly 2% off the all-time high. And everybody on CNBC last night and everybody on CNBC for the last few weeks, it feels like, has been calling for a market correction. But if you stop looking at the S&P and the Dow and the Qs, which are obviously very heavily weighted, some of the mega caps, and you look at the broad market overall, we've had a correction. The IWM, believe it or not, which is your small caps, is down 10% from the highs right now. Uh, Twitter follower of mine pointing out the IWO, which is the growth, Russell 2000, is down 16% from the all-time high. ARKK, which we use for the super growth, um, you know, nosebleed valuation stocks, is down 28% from the highs. These are ETFs. These aren't individual stocks. And then you start just going to individual stocks and you look at the value stocks and like a lot of those are off the highs. You're actually, if you get outside the mega caps and the S&P, this is where I'm bringing it back to, the S&P is now 22.5%, those five top stocks, those five top stocks, which are Apple, Microsoft, Google, Amazon, and Facebook make up 22.5% of the index. That means the other 495 stocks make up the other three quarters. Roughly a quarter of the index is five stocks. And we know Microsoft making new all-time highs uh, yesterday. Apple, you know, right there near all-time highs. Facebook is not far from all-time highs. Google is not far from all-time highs. Amazon, the only laggard because they they disappoint after the earnings report and they haven't really been able to catch a bit, But... If we keep looking, you know, and the market, keep, everybody keeps calling for a correction. We've kind of had one in the broad market. So, at what point in time do we stop using S&P to gauge the overall market? Because the overall market it looks a lot different than what the S&P looks like. I- your average stock is i don't i don't I,
2: I, I really can't argue with you i mean dennis you know you and i have been you know P centric you know going back for a long Forever. time yeah and uh there was a point where the top 10 stocks made up 25 percent of the index and that's top you five. Go, and go back to the old days exxon mobile general electric ibm uh, who are some of those uh, old codgers in there? I'll tell Chase you, Manhattan Bank it, it, has it, gone it, it, in it and
0: out. far back you want to go, but like ExxonMobil, Pfizer, uh, Shell, Merck, it was a lot of the healthcare, right? Yeah, but that's the way, obviously, right? Bristol Meyer, Coke, Intel. and the consumer
3: staples are holding up this market too. We give a lot of love to you know the mega caps, but what do the consumer staples and the mega caps have in common? is that they are seen as safety trades. You know, when Mm -hmm. the market starts getting, you actually see people buying Apple and Microsoft and moving out of, you know, the the higher beta names because they're seen as a little bit more safe relative to the growth tech. And, you know, if you look right now, XLP is sitting right near all-time highs. So it's been a conservative market for a while. When I see XLP making new highs, I don't think of a rip-roaring bull market. I think, oh, money is playing it on the safe side. Don't you Joel? Like XLU as well. You, you know yeah. you can throw that in the same thing. Those are safety trades, and XLU is right near all-time highs as well. Those are safety trades. This market has play, been playing it safe and been playing it safe for a while. At what point in time, you know, do we just say that you know this is just kind of bogus that you know the overall market is you know they're saying is at all-time highs when you look at a lot of other broad indices that are significantly off all-time highs?
2: can not argue with you i mean it it's technology too if you if you break down the components you know berkshire you know hops in there in the top 10 uh but a lot know, of te- Apple and Coke. Yep, tesla made a move in there uh, nvidia made a move into the top 10 i mean technology i mean that's what you know let us out of uh, you know off the lows in march i mean we're just based a lot of technology and technology I think got an extra bump up because of the pandemic you know technology was important before, and then you know the way we needed to communicate and work it it became even more important, so it's just it is i I agree, and um, I don't know what I would use Dennis. I can't you know that's that's my field that's the market that is the most liquid yeah. you know of the indexes, and you know really determines. A lot of the price action in the other indexes, at least in my opinion.
3: I've actually done and obviously we're gonna talk a lot about this on Saturday, but I've actually moved to using a little more of the IWM yeah, you said that. in my hedging vehicles. And I've always, you know, hedged with SPY and you know, I've hedged tech stocks with Qs, I've hedged the overall market exposure with SPY, and I've been using a little bit more IWM because I've realized that the SPY hedges are not working. What it is is just a lower beta version of the overall market now. So I would say the S&P is not what was really indi- indicative of the overall market. Now, it's a lower beta version of it. It's a conservative version of it. I love being invested in SPY. It's the biggest holding in my long-term portfolio, I believe. And I love being long to SPY because, one, you do get market appreciation. And, two, it's a more conservative way to invest. So if you're cons- if you're a growth investor... SPY is not your vehicle. But if you're getting up there, like I'm mid-age and Joel's, you know, obviously a little bit older than that. We'll tease him a little bit more. Um, You know, SPY is a great vehicle because it's not nearly as volatile, but it is a lower beta version, I I would say, of the overall market. So where people are saying the S&P is the overall market, I would disagree with that now. I think the S&P is very heavily weighted conservative stocks. So, um, so yeah, so I think it's good, you know, from a long-term perspective, you know, I, I'm not selling my SPY. I'm just starting to use different vehicles to hedge with because when I'm long a bunch of, you know, different stocks, like even right. value or just growth, the that. beta names, I've one, got to just short more S&P against those longs, or two, you use the IWM and it works a little bit better, so...
2: Or and the way you're noticing it is, you know, if you're if you're you know long these other stocks and you're you know you're short the S and P as the heads and then you know the S and P is just holding in there, you know, not not really going down. Then yeah, you see it, you see it apparently. So, um, well, we'll see what changes in it. I mean, I can't, you know, they they bring new companies in and out, but I used to say, who cares about the other you know, 490, I guess I can say, you know, who cares about the other 495, but it's certainly a good indicator. Like when you looked at the uh, the market yesterday, opening near the lows, you know, you didn't know it was opening near the lows, but if you look at these top components, I mean, Apple made a low early in the session, Microsoft uh, opened up right near its low. Uh, amazon Amazon's having some trouble here, Dennis. Another new low on the move. We talked about their move yeah. yesterday. Street doesn't like that. It's not a
3: favor right now. Yeah. You are going to come in, and I think you've come far enough to challenge the major support of 3,000 one more time. Why not? I agree. I mean, we touched this 3,000 level, you know, half a dozen times at least in the last year. Why not touch it one more time? So I think if you're buying it here, I think you're going to get another shot of 3000 I own Amazon long-term portfolio. It's a big position for me, just like all these other stocks. I own Apple. I own Microsoft. I own Spy. My overall portfolio, long-term, the long-term stuff, not the trading stuff, is probably very linked with Spy because it's a little more conservative. But, you know, my trading portfolio, I love trading, you know, a little bit of the high flyers. I like trading the higher beta names. Now, if you're just using Spy as your hedge, It's not working, the SPY hedge as of late. You know, it works in your favor on the days that you're obviously, you're just light hedged. So you almost have to go like twice as hard on SPY to really make up a, a, a hedge. But let's even take this to the emerging markets because what is going on with the Chinese stocks? They yeah. just get annihilated every single day. Alibaba, was this capitulation no, from yesterday? I... No. Like, I'm long. So, I bought Alibaba. Here's the long term story and maybe a fight against long term investing. But I bought the Alibaba at $151 five years ago. In that time, it doubled, it went up to over $319. We know I sold a piece, a lot of people gave me hell. When I sold the first piece of that, I can't remember when I sold it. And then I bought some more, but then I sold all that too. So, you know, I'm glad I sold a piece because I've taken out the majority of my money that I had invested in Alibaba, but I held on to a chunk of it. And I shouldn't have held on to a chunk of it because it has now come all the way back down to where I bought this thing five years ago. I mean, this company is trading very low, you know, valuation, but. When you have a you know country that is potentially limiting profits that companies can make, that becomes you know a game changer for investing in those countries and investing in the companies of those countries. So I don't even know what to say. I get this question every single day, probably multiple times a day. Are you buying Alibaba? Do you like Alibaba? I own a small piece of Alibaba. Do I want to reload my entire position that I bought five years ago? I believe at 151, maybe it was four years ago at 151 kind of do, but then I'm scared. I'm scared of the political risk. And, you know, I look at stocks like Baidu and I look at everything like EEM, you know, which we've talked about, you know, a lot, you know, has gone nowhere for a decade. China has been FXI has gone nowhere for a decade as well. And FXI is significantly off the highs here that we just made back in February. We're talking 54 down to 38. You're talking about, you know, a 30 percent correction here in China directly. I mean, it has been a horrible place to be an investor, what, how does that change when political risk has risen? It doesn't. I, I know. So it's tough. So I'm like, I'm very underweight, China. I have a couple of emerging markets funds, and I own a little bit of Alibaba directly. I'd like to get more weighted, you know, just from an exposure perspective. But then I continue to look at this and think, Why? This has been the worst place to be and one of the worst places to be in the last decade. And it doesn't look like the political environment over there is getting better.
0: The, the more the more uh, stock like Baba falls every day or every week, the, the, the more people are going to come in and say, oh, I should just take a flyer on this. I mean, can it keep how much more can it keep going down? But don't don't fall into that. That's a logical fallacy. Don't fall into that trap. Right. I mean, well, why do you got to be the hero? Well, why not just wait? Why not just wait it out you know, it, until we get some clarity? Yeah, because we, we don't know. Why catch the falling knife? Why be the first to catch the you, falling you, knife? You just saw it fall. What sixty percent? Who's to say it couldn't fall another? It, it's, is that what it's down? Sixty
3: percent from the I, Is that it? I, I was guessing. I think you're roughly right. Yeah, right. three. It got only one sixty Cut in half, fifty percent. All right, yeah. so
0: we'll call it fifty percent.
3: You one stock split, but you didn't get any extra shares.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. I mean. It, it, who's to say it couldn't happen again? We just saw it happen, right? Oh, so, I so, I mean, yeah, uh, you know, for, for, for the last, what, 15 years, the story has been, this is a demographics play. China's going to be, uh, you know, they got more people. They're, they're, they're going to be playing catch up to the U.S. in terms of everything, the economy, technology, growth, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And what happened is they built those companies, right? They built Alibaba and Tencent. And Baidu and JD and and now we have a new wrinkle that we are only just now learning about in the last couple of months, last six months maybe. Uh, whenever the Baba, whenever the Jack Ma thing, started, I don't even remember when that started. Um, so my point is, why 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 play the game when you don't know the rules? Why not just wait? Why not just sit it out? That, that, that's that's my point here.
3: But can you trust the numbers? Other people are saying in the chat, too. I mean, Baidu... <laughs> that, that's EV, always been a question. That's always been a question. <laughs> Baidu, what an incredible run. They were going to be the EV player. Yeah, Remember, EV. they were going to be an EV story, and we had this ridiculous run. And this is why I don't chase stocks, people. You we're getting a lot of hard lessons here. December, $142. Literally three months later in February, this hit $350 fifty four dollars a share so it went up about 150 percent in a matter of three months what has it done since it has given the entire rally back and is now below the point of breakout which was 150 and now it looks like baidu was challenging 100 dollars for the longest time if you go back to the long-term chart baidu hung around 100 bucks it felt like for a a good year i remember yeah And even back to 2015 when you had the flash crash low. Remember that flash crash back in August of 2015? They kissed that 100 right on the spot. It's had memory at that price before. I mean, we're $137. Is Baidu going back to $100? I don't know the answer to that question. Is Baidu oversold? Absolutely. All these Chinese stocks are oversold and are due for a bounce. But... They just so you think, you okay, well, maybe this is going to be the bounce. And then they have a day like yesterday, and it's like, holy, the people who are trying to catch that falling knife continue to get punished. I don't want to be one of those people.
2: I don't want to get all philosophical on this and <laughs> get, a, get a line discussion. Socrates. But, yeah. um, I mean, they you know,
1: they have a plan. China has a
2: plan. They have a plan. And it's not like to get reelected in two years or four years, right? They got like a 25 year plan, a 50 year plan, and right. uh, they, you know, and, and this is part of the implementation of it. So let's move on. Yeah. Let's not okay. like, too much. to talk China. Wait,
3: can we
0: go back to the Russell thing for a second? put that
2: line in my yes. backyard. Remember when I called you about that?
3: Joel's like, China's watching us.
0: Wait, can we go back to the Russell thing for a second? Yes. I just saw this stat uh, on Twitter. This is from Steve. Steve Depp, he says he's a CMT, um, and uh, so this is what he—some stats on the IWM—sort um, of let you know how um, how uncertain this time is right now. Sure, uh, we are currently in the IWM in the midst of a what—a six-day losing streak. Uh, so, if, if you look at all historically, all the six-day losing streaks that that. Leave the, the the leave the index still within ten percent of the all-time highs. So are you, are you with me? Yeah. Ten percent off the all-time highs, kind of. six-day losing streak. It, it's only happened one, two, three, seven times in history. And of those seven times, some of them are in the midst of um, you know, massive well, one of them is right now, right? And you get other times where it's been in the midst of massive bull runs 20 2014. And other times where it's been in the midst of um, not great periods, like 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 January of 05. So it's really there's not a lot of historical precedence here in terms of the IWM in the uh, having a six day losing streak while still being within ten percent of the all time high, which it is to be clear. So we don't really know where do we where we. There's not a lot of historical precedent for for this situation in the IWM. I will note with regards to the spy. That the S and P uh, committee they they, they rebalance the spy it's four times a year the next one is in is in September um, I don't know may, are they going to have to come out and and fundamentally change
3: how because no, it's market cap weighted they ha- I, I, not they, they would have to yeah they'd have to like say we're not going to be a market cap weighted index anymore it's not S and P's fault that not, five not the, companies that have huge market caps.
0: It's not their fault. No, it's it's not, not their fault.
3: They're market cap weighted index. We liked it better than the price weighted index because the Dow Jones is price weighted. The higher the stock price, the more impact it has on the index. A market weighted index, the higher the market cap, the higher uh, percentage it is of the index. So, I mean, it's, you know, the way it's structured is doing exactly what it is supposed to do. IWM is more equally weighted and it's got 2,000 stocks in there. So you get a feel for you know what is really happening with the average stock and the average stock is not sitting near all-time highs i know like i look at my long-term portfolio i'm doing great yeah. my microsoft I'm doing great my apple I'm doing great my spy but i got some little dogs in there and fisker obviously one of them now i mean there are some growth names that have been absolutely hit hard my general motors which you know i sold a piece of but was way up in at one time um thank goodness i sold the options too has come all the way back down to where i originally bought it back a, almost a year ago yeah. So Ford, too, I mean, it's come off significantly. I haven't sold any Ford. So, um, you know, there is, like, significant corrections. Not yeah, only growth names, but wait, value names as well.
0: Here's another good stat. This is also from Steve, Steve Deb. Uh, so the Russell has declined five straight days of at least 0.75%. That's what, right, that's happened. We've, down, we've fallen at least 0.75% five days in a row. That has happened six other times. Those six times. September 2001. January of 08, October of
3: '08,
0: February of 09. At the same time, though, August 2015, right? Yeah. We had the flash crash then, and then we yeah. just yeah. right to the moon, yeah. And then last year, right? So, um, again, not a lot of historical precedents for the Russell here. Uh, it, it's sort of a you can go either way. I don't know.
2: This would be uh, too bad. We couldn't rake, uh Rob up this early, but um, you know he has stats on this. You know yes, the odds, stock right? odds. Yeah. And, you know, if you, you know, you can, it will turn. I'll cover that at 1030 with him, but we'll see. I mean, the way you guys are talking, you know, old bear, I'm looking at this chart. This thing had an incredible run over doubled off the March low. And to me, I'm not sure people holding the ID IWM, you know, don't want to hear this, but there's, I see major support at like 207. We've been hanging there. We're not haven't got down to that level yet. We're at 212. So I you know, it's just a a big run consolidation. You could be in one of these phases here for like a right. year. Look at how much it, you know, it moved in a tight range. So, you know, this has been, you know, three, six months. So I just have to go out to the longer term chart, look at the major monthly support at 207 and say, hey, yeah, it comes down to 207, you know buyer if it doesn't hold that then we got some major problems but um it is a it is a big losing streak there's it, no doubt about that
3: it's hard to make money calling this market right now i mean you have individual setups and that's what i swing at always but just calling what the iwm is going to do and predict what it's going to do today or tomorrow it's easier to just slip a coin because yeah we've had six days losing days in a row we're gonna get nine nine times maybe or are we going to turn around? Are we oversold in the short term? Yeah, six days in a row. You don't see a lot of times you should get to go down 1%. It's been better than 1% a few of these days, six days in a row. We are coming to a major support level in the IWM, which is the low from July at 209.05. Do we bounce there? It's, odds are you would probably think so, but this market, anything can happen. So, I mean, this is just a, a weird market. It's also a market that very much, you know, in the growth names and some of the meme stock names, feels like, you know, we're in the midst of a major correction, like 2000 type correction. Because you look at stocks like, you know, RIDE, RIDE, and you look at where it was. It was $32 a share back in February. It's now $4. Is that, you know, like on the, that looks like it's just on the death march. And then you go on, you know, there's so many names that look similar to that. I mean, you can look at QS, which is another one, QuantumScape. A darling back in January had $122. It's 19. I mean, these stocks are down 80, 90% from the highs, which again tells you just buying, you know, on a concept, just buying with valuation out the window um, doesn't work in the longer term. It doesn't work well at all and you know people are learning that the hard way that they can't just pay anything you know, 50 times sales or 80 times sales. And some stocks are still holding up like that. So it's not all stocks. But this EV story that was so hot that, you know, every EV stock was just going to the moon obviously didn't happen now. And a lot of them have come down significantly. There's still going to be some winners that emerge from this. And it's kind of hard to figure out which ones. But I think of all these EV SPACs, you know, I don't know if there's 50 of them out there. I feel like there's 50 of them out there. Maybe there's even more. Mitch might be be able to talk more to that. But I feel like, 90 percent of these things are likely you know not coming back and there's going to be the five to ten percent that are going to you know emerge as winners I'm hoping Fisker is going to be one of them I've touched you know obviously on Fisker I have a small position in that one but again speculative capital only would I take half my portfolio and put it on Fisker no diversification and you know when you're doing speculative bets I even go lighter so I, it, it's such a tough market you know we're we, we, we sit here and we see the index indexes at all time high. And there's so many small stories, you know, that just it's not the case. I mean, wish, you know, I get a question on this every single day. This is a very talk about stock and social media. Yep. This stock is six bucks now. It was 30 back in February, $32. It's six. I mean, this doesn't look like it wants to come back anytime soon, Joel. All these charts, they're oversold and they can bounce. But a bounce on a $6 stock is a bounce to seven or eight. Is Wish going back to fourteen? Is Ride going back to fourteen? I I highly doubt it.
0: This is a really good day to have Tommy Lackey on this show because we're talking about different areas of the market um, and how it seems like most of the market is down. Well, no, not 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 seems like it is. Like most of the market is down, with the exception of. The mega caps and uh, Tommy Lackey looks at the market from a relative strength and weakness point of view, different indexes and different sectors. So let's bring Tommy on now. Tommy Lackey, good morning. How are we doing? Hey,
4: guys. How are y'all doing well?
0: Great First to see time. you. Great to hear from you. I know you said just before you thought we were making some good points earlier with regards to the, the Russell versus the S&P and you have thoughts. So what are your thoughts?
4: Well, I think this is one of the biggest things a lot of people miss in these markets in general is that, again, the mega caps have separated um, from the small caps as far as size on a level we haven't seen most likely.
1: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming, I wish I'd used Indeed. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility all at Indeed.com P-R-E-P. Just go to Indeed.com P-R-E-P right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com P-R-E-P. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done is easy.
4: Wow. You know, maybe it happened before, but it's I've never seen it in 25 or 30 years of studying markets. And so what's happening is, is that like you said, the S&P, the NASDAQ 100, those kind of things are moving off a very small uh, percentage of names, but yet very high markets. I took a look after y'all were talking about that earlier at the SPY internals. Let me see if I can share this real quick. Um, How do I do it? There's that share
0: screen button on the bottom.
4: Yeah, I got that. I'm just trying to figure out how I choose which uh, box or whatever. Can't help you there. Okay, we'll see what it does. (laughs) Oh, dear God. Okay, well. Let's see. We're going to try this then. Uh,
0: All right, let's see. Let's see what we end up with.
4: It's going to be bad. (laughs) <laughs> okay um, window here we go now I'm getting in a better place sorry guys I was like looking at that and you did not want to see a 50 inch screen that's not going to be helpful at all well, let's do this one
0: there we go what do I see here can we okay, see yeah.
4: this? It's, off of and it's basically 100 oh, yeah. and it's their breakdowns look how heavy technology is 34 percent of it
0: and that mm-hmm. doesn't even tell the whole story because, no, because, because speaking Amazon is not in the technology sector.
4: That it's in consumer cyclicals, which is the next one. So you add probably another 6 or 7 or 8% there. So when you look at that, and then we flip over to VTI, which is the total market yeah. index, same thing, 32%, 14% cyclicals. And then you look at the IWM, which y'all were talking about just a minute ago. Look at its breakdown. 20% financials, 19% healthcare, 14% technology, 13% cyclicals much better spread of the overall market however you know it's one of those scenarios that you got to be very conscious about when it's running and when it's not one of the charts i post every single day is what i call a triple play chart which is basically sets those three by each other the iwm the qqq and the spy and i look at these every day right next to each other to look kind of how they're acting for that very reason you know you've got to be able to separate those two because back in 13 and 14 if you were in the market back then it felt like nothing was moving anywhere everything was moving sideways yet there was a ton of volatility in the middle and so there were opportunities to make money on more of a swing trading basis but a good friend of mine who was a trend trader was just getting torn to pieces and so you got to be conscious about the separation in those And right now the large cap to small cap separation is huge i'm going to flip to another screen or no, sorry, I'm gonna go down the screen and we're gonna take a look at basically a table that I do, which basically ranks all of the large cap, small cap, mid-cap, growth and value. And interestingly enough, y'all been talking about value, talking about value coming back, but it just hasn't done that. Growth has still stayed in the leadership position other than small cap growth, which has just gone with the size situation. So in hedging and things like that, it does get much more difficult now because most people are so used to using the size or the cues or something like that, uh, cues because of the volatility, but these days because of those few holdings that are really holding things up and really uh, taking the majority of the flows when we have these lopsided days as I would call them. But if you look right here, and we've talked a lot about bad breath, this chart right here, uh, that didn't work. Sorry, guys. Let's try that again. This chart right here on the left side is the breadth of the all of my universe, which is 3,000 stocks. And it's been falling most of the summer. There's no doubt. The situation, though, is we saw 50% of them over the 200-day moving average, even after as far as we've come. So, Dennis, I think you may have made a good point is that the question we have right now is, are we really going to break down here in the small caps or has the majority of the market already
3: corrected? That's what I wonder, too. I mean, we're
4: at the opposite side and have to where basically your mega caps take their rest and their corrections while the rest of the market starts to participate and perform. And we have that kind of rotation versus a sector based rotation. And we don't know right now, because as we said, the IWM is sitting right on support and it's kind of in a break it or break it scenario. Now, my feeling with these markets are is there's a good chance we'll overthrow that 207 um, that he was talking about just to run some stops. Yeah. And as I put in a comment this morning, the question is, do we just run stops or do we just keep running? And that's what we just have to figure out whether buyers are going to step in at that point or not. And a lot of these names, they have corrected very strong. And you've got really good companies now that
3: are down 15, 18, 20%. Look at, and you're saying really good companies. Do you have any on your radar, like companies that have had a significant correction? Because people are always waiting for a correction. They're like, oh, one day the S&P will pull back. But we've had the correction. There is stocks well, that you have come off the highs and maybe some good companies too.
4: Okay. I think you. it depends on how you have to look at it. You're going to have to give me just a second here as far as that scenario. Because sure. honestly... We're in a situation, sorry, I'm on the wrong page. I don't mean to be screwing with y'all as far as the screen. Um, Honestly, we're in a situation now to where, in my opinion, it depends on what you're looking at coming out of here. Are you looking for something that's corrected a lot, or are you looking for the things that held up strong with strength during the pullback? Obviously, financials, some of the REITs, some things like that have have been holding up and starting to perform decently. Um, but again, we got to question whether those are just because everything's correcting or whether those are actually our next set about performance. And with TLT being a top performer over the last month, I think it's hard to consider financials until that rolls back over. So I think you have to look at the scenario of the pullbacks, like you said. And if we go over here to technology, sorry for that page, um, we can see that actually an overall view, the technology sector is getting pretty heavily oversold pretty quickly. Sorry, that takes me a minute to load that, guys. Uh, but this is an equal weight of all the technology names that are in my universe. It's an equal weight, uh, sector-based. And basically, you can see right here, RSI is already down below 40. And we see here another measure that I use. It's from Andrew Cardwell. It's a, a, a complement RSI. It's down in negative 20 area. And you know we haven't seen this kind of pullback in technology since last October, November. That's incredible
3: okay. that when you're looking at it from your you know, perspective here and your indicators that you're seeing already a, a significant pullback and you look at the queues and they're sitting one, 2% off the highs, people are like waiting for the correction. But like we've been saying, the correction has happened in the majority well, of stocks. I notice,
4: though, here's something to notice here though. And this is where I'm saying about technology is it's happened to some extent in that level but look at the actual equal weight scenario. We still really are in a sideways move, and right. I think that I think your point is made in what you talked about the MEM stocks earlier. Is that basically everybody is so focused on them, even if they are having a two thousand type correction, pullback, rollover, whatever you call it. They're such a small part of the market; they're not significant enough yet. They're getting all the attention. Yeah, and so that's why. We are, again, it's like with any of the media these days, everything is juiced 24 hours a day. So now we're in our situation to where we have so much information, but not a whole lot of knowledge. Yeah. And that's yeah. what we're getting caught into here when we get so focused on things like QS or Wish or any of those, when those might be 3 4 or 5% of your portfolio. But if, you've, if you're still paying attention to stuff out there that are strong formers, you know, example like financials have come back up i mean a lot of technology software has still been a great place to be if you find some of these guys turn and some of them started turning last week in the software space um and you really got some nice looking um turns in some of these things like uh team and some of the others as their earnings came out of course it's hard to play earnings until afterwards but right here on the middle of my screen you'll see that i have the different four different subsectors that i follow in technology ranks and software has been number one for quite a while and if i click on this it takes me to a page that basically loads that particular same thing equal weight index of that particular chart now again i use rsi as my momentum based scenario
2: you Al- consider that a lagging or leading indicator just real quick do so I see yeah. what
4: the R, like. R, RSI? Well, RSI it depends on how you use it. You really can't use it as an overbought oversold. You need to use it more as a trend following. To so where basically, if it's trending between 40 and 80, then it's in a bull range. It's usually in an uptrend. If it's trending between 60 and 20, it's in a downtrend. And that's really where RSI gets important. I apologize
2: kind of lost By you tommy oh,
0: he's back, he's back.
2: He's back. um
4: but uh basically with that scenario it's i use it as a trend following you can see these green lines on here so yeah. right now it's still in a bull range but the fact is we need to get some bounce here at this 40 very quickly fact that this is negative that's really one of my shorter term indicators that i run with this so we're oversold down here and we're right near the bull range so I think we got a good chance of bouncing here, whether it holds it or not, we'll have to see. But technology has been a leader, and yet a lot of these names have already and have pulled back. You were asking me if I can go through some names. Um, Well, since we're looking at stuff that's pulled back, let's take a look at things that have dropped the most RS or relative strength points over the last five days, but yet still have a decent score, maybe here in the 70s, TTD. Would be one I would like I would play with or see. This chart's going to be a little bit busy for you guys.
3: You're looking at a, a stock like TTD that's still clearly in an overall uptrend, so it's had some relative strength, but it has pulled back off those recent highs in the last couple of weeks.
4: Well, sure. I'm not necessarily looking to go to something that's you know completely busted.
3: Yeah. Um, I,
4: right here in this market until I figure out which way the turn is going to be. Like you said earlier, I'm not exactly worried about getting the exact bottom. Um, I can get close enough. Now, with this same idea of what you were just saying, I could certainly go down here to like this one, like Barry, which has lost 66 relative strength points. And it was an 80 just recently. And there's one you got that's really gotten beat up. I mean, now you can quickly see that we're now down here in a position where the weekly chart is now down at its previous breakout point. It's got some support down here at about 1660, but it's a pretty ugly move from top to bottom this last five days. So for someone like Joel, you could look at those lows and maybe play a bounce from those lows or a break. You know, one of the things that I used to do that I like to do and just don't as much anymore for time is I used to do what's called a look both ways play which is taught by an old friend of mine, is basically I would take, short if I thought it was going to turn around eventually, or the uptrend would resume, then I would take short term puts and longer term calls. So do kind of like a strangle or straddle, but adjust my timing and, and do it as more of a diagonal. And so something like this, if you really feel you get a bounce off that support, you go ahead and put some short term puts below it, just in case you're wrong and then come out here for some longer term calls if you believe in the story or whatever. Now your background research has to be yours. This is just a technical view right here. But you know, that would be one, if you're looking for something that really is getting beat up. Um, Or another one down here is Fubo. You know, there's been a lot of talk about it back and forth. Had pretty strong rankings before it's come down and now it's kind of sitting on this support. Again, I didn't look at these and do the technicals on beforehand. So I'm seeing these as we're talking about them. But same thing here, you know, it loses this 24 and you're easily down to the 21 zone. It holds this 24 and this is a pretty fast mover. And if you'll notice over here on the right side, the RSI is still officially in a bull range. It's never broken this 40 level on the way down. So, you know, here again, that 24-ish, what's that? 24.46, 24.50 area is a really important area here to see if it can hold. And I see if it can hold over like a 30 minute or an hour Time period again in these markets, you have too many bots and too many market makers that like to run stops, so don't put it right on that level and expect it to hold. You got to have a little bit of leeway each
3: side. I just
0: all right, there's a lot of good stuff here. Like I said, it's a great day to have Tommy on. because this is, this is how he looks at the well, market. showing
3: the statistics behind yeah. what we can see happening, right. you know, like in the overall market that, you know, there's a lot of stocks that are beat up. And, you know, he's showing us some stats. That, yeah, we yeah. have had a correction in a lot of stocks. You know, yep. a lot right, of
4: look at this one on the right here. This is a fairly important chart as well. It's basically how many stocks in my universe are making new 10-day uh, highs, 20-day highs, or 63-day highs or lows. 10-day lows, 21-day lows, sorry, 63-day lows. So basically the last two weeks, the last month, and the last quarter. And as you can see, if we back this chart out, we're already to levels other than if you have to take out, of course, last year's 2000 as somewhat of an anomaly, unless we think we're going back there. But if we look right here, even on the 63-day, we're getting down to points that every single time we've gotten down to this many new lows, we've been near a turn. Especially right. when you get down here to the 10 day lows. Every single time we've gotten out of these 10 day, this many 10 day lows, we're near short-term term. So so you, a short term turn. So walk lockdown level, we're there.
3: We're right there. So it's it's a tough market here. We're at the crossroads. We had we've had a, a, a correction on some stocks, obviously not on other names. Do you think like they're you know do you, do you start nibbling here or do you think there's a lot more pain ahead here? What what do you what do you think? You no, know, I think
4: you have to start nibbling, but be nimble enough to get back out. Okay. Again, you've got to see some price action depending on what your time frame is. You know, you can go down to intraday charts if you want to look, but it's got to be it's got to look like it's doing something good somewhere. I mean, if you're a, if you're a long-term trader, then fine. It's a daily or a weekly chart. If you're someone who's a swing trader, you I might I go down to 15-minute charts and and say, okay, it's got to it's got to start performing technically on a 15-minute, and then I'll look at it
2: more seriously. Yeah, that's the shortest time frame I look at.
4: You got to be smart enough to at least make sure at some point, at some level, it's trying to turn in your direction before you really get involved at a juncture like this. But I do believe there's so much sentiment, there's so much fanfare, there's so much everything about this is the big one again. Seems like we are are and continue to be in the the one-foot-out-the-door market. And as long as that stays and as long as we have the Fed liquidity behind us that's there, I don't see these things being able to have major corrections. I see it being more rotational.
0: All right. Tommy Lackey, thanks a lot for joining us, man. Always great to talk to you.
4: Thanks, guys. I'll Have a great weekend.
0: All right. We got to talk about Tesla here today. Um
3: they Should I get
2: Should I get Gordo and uh, Gino on at the same time too or would that be copying CNBC? They
3: copy us, so you can do it. It's allowed.
2: <laughs> okay.
0: <That's> what, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, here. In, in, if you don't know what I'm talking about, that's what I'm talking about right now. The Tesla, Tesla bots. The Tesla bots.
2: Let me see it.
0: I don't really know what I was expecting last night with the AI event. Uh, in hindsight, I guess it was really just a recruiting event for them. There was a lot of nitty-gritty about the technology. But this was the big thing, the big thing that came of it. They are—they will be building a prototype
3: of the Tesla bot next year.
0: And this is what it can do.
3: The, the main point on that whole page that I'm looking at right now, and this is the first time I'm seeing it, is the word friendly. That this is going to be friendly and it's not going to be the cyborg that is going to, you know, the mm. terminator style. But Spencer isn't challenging, he's challenging the friendly here. What happens if this bot, this Tesla bot turns unfriendly?
0: So I uh, the key stat on this page is where it says speed, okay? 5 miles per hour.
4: <laughs> if not you can
0: run, time. if you can run 6 miles per hour,
3: that's pretty fast though.
0: Right. I don't, I don't know if I
3: can run 6 miles. Per
0: hour. If you can, you should be fine. <laughs> okay you will be okay if you can run five mile it, now do we trust the numbers no no but that's what they say well,
3: he'll give an upgrade give know, an like upgrade. he does to the tesla now it can run at Over seven miles an hour and you're like a game changer can't outrun the tesla bot i'm in trouble are we I going terminator you... is this like full-on like oh, how, how you were saying you, you got a way to protect us if this thing goes gets ugly spencer pull the
0: plug uh, yeah, well, my my main thing was was you can run six miles an hour and, and outrun it. Uh, oh, so that's the sort trouble. of. But but the other thing that we know that Tesla's AI has has had a problem, um, with their full self drives. They've had they've had a problem detecting the, the the sun. They keep thinking that the sun is um like like a traffic light. Um, so if you have a bright I don't know. He's trying to lighten his eyes. I I don't know. I don't know. That was my thing. My main thing was the speed. If you can run six miles an hour, you should be okay.
3: Joel, can you run six miles an hour? Uh, How long do you have to run six miles an hour for? We can can all do it for a few minutes. Do we have to run six miles an hour indefinitely? I don't know. Like forever? Does that thing slow down and get tired? It probably do not get tired, Spencer. Yeah, you're that's right. another problem you, too. You sure. could I can run, run six miles an hour for a few minutes.
0: We need to call Wilson. Run? We need to call Will Smith. He dealt with this in, in the movie iRobot. That's he, true too. Yeah, we'll know exactly how. Where
3: is iRobot in all it's of this? It down. sounds like Tesla's eating iRobot's lunch here. Uh, yeah. that's I would have so thought iRobot. This should be an iRobot product, not a Tesla product. Are they talking about mass producing this Tesla bot? And we're all going to have our friendly Tesla bot making us dinner and taking the garbage out and walking the dog and mowing the grass. Are we? Is this Tesla bot going to do this or is this just, you know, is this going to be a major source of revenue eventually for Tesla or is this just kind of something cool?
0: I'm kind of with you, Patrick, in the chat. This is just a distraction. This
3: is just a distraction. Distraction from the fact that, you know, that the stock trades with the valuation of all the other automotive companies combined. Yep. Uh, It's
2: trading at the highs of the pre-market session. They like it. They like it.
3: The only way to justify the Tesla valuation is for Tesla to expand into other businesses. There isn't enough money in just cars for (laughs) Tesla to sustain this valuation long term. But if they start going in, and this is what Jason Raznick argued for a long time and correctly argued, is that they're going to slowly be expanding into other stuff. So we start getting into iRobot type stuff, you know, like the Tesla bot maybe you know maybe this is a technology company and maybe the people you know maybe it is going to justify this valuation eventually this kind of you know act this kind of product makes me think that you know maybe tesla is a technology company not just a car company um, so i think that's what he's trying it,
2: yeah, to get the highs of the pre-market session uh you had that you had that big drop you got back halfway I'd like to see, I think if if, for Tesla today to get back, I I think it would turn the tide on the sellers this week. If you could take out uh, that high from Wednesday that came in, I believe it's 695 and change and get back over 700, close over 700 today. Then I'd say, hey, you know, the technical damage was uh, was mitigated here. But I don't know. I just feels like we're gonna get challenged. There are gonna be some sellers. All oh, those short term buyers, they don't care if it goes to seven ten, seven twenty, seven thirty. They were scooping it off that six fifty level that we, you know, that we gave. There's a nice trade. I don't know what kind of options are traded on this uh, this week. But uh, overall, it ended. Well, we see we ended last week at seven seventeen. So a little bit of a haircut to me. If it can take out that high, close back over seven hundred, then be a big win for the bulls
0: okay we 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 got to tesla i was afraid we weren't gonna get there today uh spotify announced a buyback t-mobile had a hack we can talk about those if you have a ticker we had had another hack hack. no no this is well this is the one that was reported a few days ago yeah yeah. um any tickers in chat that i'm seeing we want to cover real fast before peter don't see any irobot no we just talked about that um, for what those- about Foot
2: Locker? You want to do Foot Locker? Oh, real quick?
0: shoot. Yes. Foot Locker and Deer. Foot Locker earnings. They were, earnings. They, were they were great. They were great. Yeah. They were great. That's all you need to know. They were great.
3: You called this yesterday the retail earnings turnaround. You know, you were calling the turnaround story Macy's open gap and go off. Spencer is real here. Cole, same story, although it had a nice undercut where it really would have shook you out probably because it was up in the pre market on the earnings and they took this thing down hard. Uh, down over two dollars the previous day, but then the key reversal and ripped it higher here. Brick and mortar is back, baby.
2: Uh, let's take it. yeah. Footlocker Street. I'm not surprised. The street leading the wrong way into this report uh, made a new low for the move. Coming up here, we're currently trading. Wow, fifty eight seventy five. We've got over fifty nine. Do I get anything there for you? Fifty nine thirty. Keep an eye on that, and then why not? Why not? Oh, there, there's a pair of highs there. 5930, 5931, pre-market high right in that area. If not, boom, let's get up to 60, right? There's a gap to fill up in the 60 handle. But first thing, sir, if you're looking for more on this. Gotta get uh file through through that pre-market high. All right, guys. SPs have just had one heck of a rally. TJ Mosley oh, called it. God he might be getting a steak dinner out of me that we we're going to close green on the session. We're only three ticks away from that. Uh, I'm going to hop off everyone. I really hope you join us uh, tomorrow morning. Uh, it's going to be a great event Been working hard, putting it together, going to do some, Fine tuning with uh triple D at 10 o'clock. So don't forget. Um, and I'm going to hop over to pre-market prep.com. We did a lot of good general talk today. We didn't get to cover a ton of symbols. So I'm going to hop over there. Please join me and I uh, will see you guys all. Actually, I'm going to be on Neil's show today uh, at 1.30.
0: You will be yeah. on Get Technical at 1.30. Nice. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Get technical.
2: Yeah, it's gonna have fun. I'm gonna have some fun with that. Looking forward to that. So right. everyone, have a great day. We'll see you right. later on.
0: All right. Let me bring on the Einstein of Wall Street, Peter Tuckman. He's dancing. He's dancing.
2: Let's
5: get technical. It sounds like a Olivia Newton John song from like the 70s.
0: Let's get
5: technical.
0: <laughs> it does. I'll tell him that. How you doing, Peter? I'm
5: doing great, buddy. How are you? It's Friday.
0: It is Friday. What's the mood like? I guess the mood is good. I guess.
5: You know what? The mood is good. My mood is good. And I mean, every day for me, you know, look, what really needs to be brought up. And I love listening to the guys who come on who are on before me talking about individual names and the technicals and how, you know, I will say it over and over and over again. Technical analysis is the gift, right? It's the tool that can get you through a week where you've seen the market do things that are counterintuitive, that are up and down, that are wild reactions to the Fed, to earnings and whatnot. Price actions, the name of the game, guys. They were talking about the retail sector. Some guys beat, and the stocks went right down to technical levels. We yeah. saw it with Macy's. We saw it with Home Depot and whatnot. And then you had the market. I'd love to talk about what happened on Wednesday with the Fed. But the mood, look, it, it are, it's clearly the dog days of August. We've had two weeks off now of IPOs. I heard just now this morning that September is going to be just an absolute plethora of For new sure. IPOs come in the stock that uh, I think um, – Roger Federer invested in the sneaker company, uh, Kickers uh, 24, something. I don't remember it, but September will be vibrant with IPOs for this week. I have to admit, you know, for me, one of the great weeks, because when you have the volatility that you had this week and really mixed signals in so many different ways, these are opportunities if you're trading technicals. Otherwise, I'm sure there were people who went home on on uh, Wednesday and on Thursday and were really kind of disappointed looking at their P&L, you know, and, and. that's the
0: wrap. We were having a conversation today about the, the S and P 500 and the, um, the, the, the lack of breath and the lack of reliability that it were in terms of how that relates to the overall market. And, uh, you know, the S&P is making new highs every day, it seems like, in the overall market. The rest of the – most of the market is not, frankly. Um, and questioning the reliability of the S&P 500 as a reliable indicator, right, for what is actually happening out there. Um, do, you, do you have thoughts on that?
5: You know what? I, I don't agree with you particularly. Um, you know, there are – look, there's so many components to it. Obviously, they're 500. There's so many names within it. We trade about 378 of those names here in New York. And look, there are times when we saw it during the pandemic that the S&P was trading at record highs and all the stocks within it and the overall market was also trading at record highs. Obviously, we're seeing a bit of a rotation. That's what I think, besides what went on on Wednesday, which I'd love to chat about, which is all about the FOMC and the mixed dissension coming out of that story, we are seeing sectors being traded that are, you know, the pandemic stocks, the stay-at-home recovery stocks. Those things are going through, you know, growing pains. Those things are going through consolidation. Those things are going through rotations. And when you see that while the S&P is trading still at record highs, you kind of wonder, so it's not really representative of the overall market. It's only representative of the stocks within it. And so, you know, yes, there are sectors that have gotten a little bit hurt on the attempt at recovery and then the pullback from recovery. It's clear that the numbers that we saw or the sentiment coming out of the FOMC and then G- uh, Goldman Sachs downgrading GDP that the Delta variant and I'm calling it the deviant that's my new name for it the deviant is going to is affecting people's outlook on growth that's the bottom line and when that happens you're going to see people rotate out of something into others and I think that's sort of describing what you're talking about.
3: Hmm.
0: Okay. Uh, with regards to the Fed and the FOMC and what what would the T word. Right. It's not transitory now. It's tapering. Correct. Right.
5: Uh, go ahead.
0: No, th- th- that's the word of the week. Oh, well, not even the word. I guess it's the, the word of like Wednesday and you Tuesday.
5: Let's let's address Wednesday. It's one of the things uh, those days are days that are really special for me because it comes out at two o'clock when we're about to get into our trade. And it can yeah. really it can be fuel behind the fire of what the imbalances for the close are going to look like or it can really just completely flex shit in the wrong way. So let's talk about what happened. There was a lot of a month and a half ago, Powell said, you're going to have a lot of leeway and yeah. runway before I give any ideas about tapering. Then that whole narrative changed to about a week and a half ago where the story about tapering when they sort of they were interviewing individual Fed governors said that, you know what, we're thinking about it. Things look OK here and we may start to address this thing in September. And the market was going, really? So in the anticipation, into Wednesday's meeting was that they're going to make some kind of an announcement about tapering, right? Well, the first thing out of the gate, the funny thing about the minutes, yet not, you know, we have Fed Minute Wednesdays and we have Fed Announcement Wednesdays. So the Fed Minute Wednesdays are when they really go and they talk to all 12 governors and the story sort of evolves or unfolds to the public through headlines one governor at a time. So that kind of is where you saw the volatility. If everyone wants to go back to their chart of Wednesday, something happened around two o'clock. Normally you've got, you know, at three minutes to, you get Fed announcement imminent, Fed announcement imminent, Mm -hmm. and then at two o'clock it just comes out of the gate. For some reason, and I'm not going to read too much into it, it took around till 2.02 before you saw the first headline come out. And the first headline to come out was, no decision yet to be made on tapering. The market's reaction to that was a super okay. positive one the first spike was up and as we see on fed days their spikes are usually up and down as people are trying to digest what the heck is going on as the story started to unfold the dis the disconnect about each person each fed governor's opinion yep. and there were 12 of them started to trickle out and they each had a different opinion there was dissent amongst the ranks some people felt that the economy was strong we should start tapering into that strength. And some people felt that the the deviant, that the Delta variant was going to cause some outlook on growth questionability and that it was not going to be as good as we thought. So as the story unfolded, that's we did see the S&P 500 fall off the cliff, close at the lows, because the message that they laid out by the end of their minutes was that, you know what, this variant is worse than we think. We have really no idea the effect it's going to have on the economy, but it doesn't look, it could be worse. It is the wild card in the sauce here. And that obviously is what put that breakage in the support in the S&P 500. Let's see. Did it carry over for a couple of days? Not really. Yesterday we opened down and kind of rallied back. The market was weak. It was more of a consolidation type of a day. We're down here looking at a down 80 opening here. If the market really wanted to get, busy selling over that news that the D, the, that the Delta variant was really going to have some clarity on, on affecting growth, we'd be down 500 points here. We're not, right? So there is a bid in the market. It's not down yeah. two or 3,000 points. It's kind of an inline bid, Spence. That's my gut.
0: So you're saying that all the hullabaloo on Wednesday um, was nothing? Real. Well, no,
5: I'm saying it was real, but it's how people interpret it we've seen that the the original COVID and the variant, though major as far as it's affecting people's lives, the reopening story, going back to school and whatnot, it may not be having as much effect on the marketplace. And the bottom line is, if it is in fact that worse than we think, that means they will postpone the taper. That means the Federal Reserve will still be putting their pedal to the metal and pouring gas on this fire, and therefore we don't need to sell the market. Right. The fear was that the taper would be uh, fast tracked because things were doing so well. And I think that would be we've talked about it before. The only thing I think that could dislocate this rally at all would be an aggressive taper. So what we're seeing is, as this story unfolds all week about how bad the variant is, and it seems to be pretty bad in Alabama, in uh, in Florida, in, uh, you know, and as we try to reopen, that we're not going to taper. And as long as we're not going to taper, there's support and bid in the market.
0: Um, in which market, in the S&P or in the Russell? Those are two, those are two very different markets.
5: You know where they are. Uh, yes, of course they are. <laughs> I think in the overall market, look, some people are looking for growth. Some people are looking at small caps that underperformed. Some people are just trading the market per se. Yeah. S&P as a vehicle here is outperforming a lot of these things, as is sort of the Dow. Look at, you know, no matter what, we're still hovering. this 35,000. We're kind of churning. Market's working on on where to go from here, and I think it's a day to day unfolding story relative to the to the variant.
0: All right, Peter Tuckman is the Einstein of Wall Street. He also uh, uh, is uh, the co-owner of Wall Street Global Trading Academy. The link to which is in the description of this video. Peter, always a pleasure to have you on. We'll talk again next week.
5: Thank you, Spencer. I wanted to say one thing to everybody, and I know we beat you up over it. Yeah analysis has really been a great opportunity. Knowing it this week has had great opportunities. Let's look at Alibaba, for instance. Right, We've seen Myrna, Alibaba go into these RSIs above 80 and below 20, where you see overbought and oversold conditions. And even though the China story is an ugly one, there are amazing opportunities if you learn technical analysis in a market that's down 500, rallies back 300, goes down 400. There are opportunities, guys. So I wish you all the best. Happy trading.
0: All right. Thanks a lot, Peter. Um, I'm going to uh, hop off here in a couple of minutes.
1: Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com.
3: At Parker, our purpose is
0: simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea